0: Welcome to News Data's Energy West, a podcast about the energy industry today
1: and where it's going tomorrow. Hello, I'm Dan Catchpole, reporter with News Data's Clearing Up, and with me is my co host, Jason Fordney, editor of California Energy Markets. And today we've got some of the top stories that we've been working on, but Jason, first, how are you doing?
0: Doing great, Dan. We finally have some rain here and some moisture and some cool weather, which is quenching or uh crushing the mosquito fire which is not too far away so after a smoky week it's all clear around here and it's beautiful
1: glad to hear it yeah you guys definitely could use a little relief from that that smoke
0: yeah it got pretty bad but um looks like maybe hopefully the end of fire season showing its head so great yeah and uh, hasn't been such a bad fire season so far um, other than you know, we did have some fatalities down in Riverside and mosquito fire pretty nasty, yeah. but nothing like we saw, say 2018. So gotta be happy about that. Yeah, or even last year. Yeah. And um, who knows? There's various reasons for that. I guess it's hard to exactly pin down. I've done some writing on it, but uh yeah, it's it's uh, we've seen some improvement even in a very dry summer. So what's no, going we'll just-
1: on? In- what's going on up here uh not much uh just enjoying the last warm dry days of summer here before we turn to the rainy season from uh, sure. starting you know October through through early June
0: yeah let's fill up that Northwest Hydro so you can keep bailing us out <laughs> down here California yes yeah, sp-
1: speaking of that um so we've got a bunch can- of stuff for for listeners uh yeah, Our, the top thing that we were going to talk about is uh, how the Northwest uh, ex- exports energy exports from the Northwest help California keep its lights on during its uh, the major heat wave earlier this month. Then mm-hmm. uh, we've got Powerex raising some concerns with how greenhouse gas emissions are counted in kisos uh, California ISOs, Western Energy Imbalance Market. Some talks about uh, gas price trends, natural gas price trends in. Kaiso's market and possible sale of a coal plant in Montana uh, that could, that is roiling the feathers of some uh, Washington lawmakers hoping to decarbonize the power grid up here. But first, yeah, the, the major story right now that we had in our most recent issue uh, the Northwest. Speaking of that, mm-hmm. uh, that hydro reservoir, um, yeah, we kept you guys in, in, in power. Kept the lights on earlier this month during the heat wave uh, during that period so from september 6th to through the 9th the pacific northwest was exporting an average between 6000 and 6500 megawatts down to california during the critical hours in the of the evening ramp and peak from 4 p.m to 9 p.m during that same time california's battery fleet was delivering an average of 3600 megawatts and uh, emergency di- demand response provided by California residents was uh, counting for about 2000 megawatts. So key key uh, resources there, but even the battery fleet and demand response from California residents was still smaller on average than uh, the exports from the Pacific Northwest, most of which came from hydroelectric power from either Bonneville Power Administration or PowerX and uh we we kept you guys without uh i was gonna say in the black like a financial ledger but we kept you from from uh not having to go to a blackout so i stopped myself because that was going to be a confusing reference (laughs) yeah uh
0: really interesting stuff this is great reporting from our colleague steve ernst from clearing up uh via randy hardy former head of bpa who pointed out some of these numbers for us. And yeah, down here, of course, you know, the big story with the the heat wave was batteries and how they save the day and demand response. But this, you know, I've been reading pretty much everything I can on the heat wave, have not seen any mention of this. And it's it's pretty profound, you know, and there was also sort of a series of lucky strikes here that uh, made this situation available, right? It was above average water year. runoff didn't start from the columbia basin until early june which left more water in the river for uh, export here in september or power export in september and moderate temperatures if it had been hot up there might have been a different story don't you think
1: oh absolutely yeah we had a relatively mild summer up here uh Mm -hmm. and i mean yeah the the as far as the water year goes (laughs) We got some really really fortuitous late season uh you know influx of rain Mm -hmm. uh i was gonna say precipitation but just rain (laughs) that really saved and and turned around the water year for us so Mm -hmm. to your point just one thing changing this could have been a very different situation so what is your impression though you know elliot mainzer had the comment that the northwest helped out Um, but that it took every toolbox in the ride or in the toolbox tool in the toolbox to get uh, to weather this, this event, Uh, it sounded, it struck me as uh, well, what's your take? Are they taking this seriously enough? Uh, Is this, uh, should be a wake up call? Uh, What's, what are your thoughts about the, the, how, Leadership down in California is reacting to this development.
0: Well, you know, I don't know. I, I've said all, all along that this is not really an acceptable way to run a grid. Uh, that's just my opinion. But um, no, just it's hard to tell just from a quote. Uh, I think I detect a little bit of sort of defensiveness on this. Maybe uh, Elliot, of course, former BPA uh, himself. So he's got to be aware of this, um, but yeah. But it took. He basically said the northwest helped, but it took every tool in the toolbox for us to ride out the heat storm. I don't. You know, I think Kaiso is eager for the batteries to be a success story, which they are. Um, but as we see, there's such an interdependent system, and and really um, the dynamics here were, were were shifting, and it's maybe not as kind of a sexy news story uh, that Pacific. Hydro stepped in here. Uh, And you know, there was also the fact on August 31st, there was a court ordered spill from the Columbia River, which freed up an additional 800 megawatts. So I don't know, I don't, I'm sure Kaiser doesn't like the idea that a sort of series of lucky breaks made things happen here. But uh, Elliot is very transparent and in my experience, uh, you know, honest energy official. So I think he acknowledged it. Uh, I don't think he liked our Powerex story as much as we'll get into. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, wait. Oh, and yeah. Just uh, to clarify one thing for for readers or listeners and readers, um, mm-hmm. and you can read more about this at newsdata.com. Uh, it was the spill regime ended on the 31st, uh, which freed oh, right. up. I'm sorry. More uh, water for generation. Right. I said
0: I said that wrong, but yes, the spill regime ended. But yeah, um, you know we'll, we'll see. It was, it was it was super tight. A super you know none of this did California's energy planning, the reputation of California's energy planning any good? Um, you know, Randy is former head of BPA himself. I know he pays attention to these issues. But yeah, uh, again, a great great story here from Steve and some good insight into the heat wave of you know things that you don't see covered so much.
1: Yeah, it always is interesting looking at the data from the inner ties of the, the flows and uh, mm-hmm. see what's what's moving north and south, uh, northwest to the south. Uh, I've picked up a few interesting stories just from taking, taking a look at that data on BPA's website in the past. Uh, but yeah, this was some great reporting from Steve. Really appreciated it. And uh, if listeners can hear, find more of this great reporting at newsdata.com exactly but speaking of that other story yeah i don't think elliot was probably as big of a fan of so uh earlier this month PowerX, the one of the major power producers in the northwest released a report uh, its analysis saying that the western energy imbalance market which is run by the california iso is importing relatively low cost coal and natural gas fired generation into california but it is attributing the power of uh, that power to clean non-emitting hydroelectric resources from the Pacific Northwest. So in short, what PowerX is saying is that because of the way uh, it, an algorithm for calculating dispatching, uh, resource dispatch, uh, that the EIM, the Western EIM, is essentially greenwashing imports into uh, California. and. Uh, circumventing kind of the intent of California's cap and trade program so essentially the mechanics here are the again this algorithm that instead of arranging imports to California based on each resources fuel costs plus its greenhouse gas emissions cost which mm-hmm. is what's required under California's cap and trade programs uh mm-hmm. specified source approach uh what the Western EIM is doing is essentially segregating or splitting up those two calculations and then combining them so that it will, or as I think PowerX calls it a mix and match of two separate and independent decisions. So uh, it procures electricity from a resource based on fuel cost, but then it attributes the resulting imports based on the lowest greenhouse gas related costs of a resource, which so not the same resource but canvas kind of ascribing the costs to one resource and the ghg attributes to another resource
0: yeah um pretty pretty powerful stuff this power report here's a quote the western eim design can aptly be characterized as automating resource shuffling dispatching coal and other high em- emitting resources to serve california Demand while labeling it as clean hydro supply. So, uh, pretty specific. And uh, yeah, those greenhouse gas adders, I figure, are fairly important and actually, as this points out, required under the cap and trade program. So, uh, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, interestingly, though, this is the second time PowerX has raised this concern. Uh, mm-hmm. The first time was back in, I believe, 2018 before they joined the EIM. Yep. As I recall, and I didn't have a chance to double check this before we got on, as I recall those concerns didn't really get much attention back then, um, and I, you know, so we'll see uh, how what comes of this now because I mean, it does seem on its face to be this is a very serious issue that PowerX is raising, I and mean, if the the goal of the program of the cap and trade program and how the algorithms are supposed to function is to minimize or, you know, discourage greenhouse gas emissions. I mean, it's doing the exact opposite. Yeah. And there's, uh, listeners go to our website and look at Steve's, uh, story. There's a link to PowerX's report. It's some really interesting reading Talon energy wants to buy the, uh, Puget Sound Energy's share of the Coal Strip power plant in Montana. Uh, now, Puget Sound Energy is, so the Coal Strip has six owners. It's what, almost 1500 megawatt coal fired power plant. Um, and it's been, it's a uh, really embattled power plant. Four of the six owners, Puget Sound Energy, Portland General Electric, Pacific Core, and Avista all have uh You know, are entirely or have substantial uh, service territory in Washington and or Oregon, and all of them are under state policy mandates to get out of coal in the next few years, most of them in Washington by 2025. So they've really kind of coalesced around getting out of coal strip by the end of 2025, which that leaves the two minority owners, uh, Talon and Northwestern energy and Montana, trying to keep it open past that point. But at that point, you've got, they own like 30% of the plant, um, trying to keep it running, you know, and shoulder all of that overhead and all the messiness about environmental, you know, who's responsible for what environmental costs, et cetera. So this, this has devolved into a big fight between the owners about, uh, the future of this plant, how long it's going to stay open, uh, and now. PSE and Talon are trying to work out a deal where PSC will shift its uh, share of the plant to Talon Energy, which is currently going through bankruptcy, federal bankruptcy court. Uh, the problem with this plan, though, is that Washington lawmakers made it very clear when they passed that state mandate back in 2019 that their intention was to reduce the absolute number of greenhouse gas emissions, not just shift uh, carbon-emitting resources from you know the portfolio of a Washington-based utility to a you know, energy generator somewhere else. Yeah. So it uh, this is seems to be headed for some kind of political or legal fight or regulatory fight. Uh, but this for was a pretty above. pretty yeah, yeah the above exactly pretty bold plan. Uh, especially since the last time the that uh, PSC tried a similar move in 2019 when it offered to sell its share uh, in one of the units to Northwestern Energy for a dollar and regulators at the time nixed that. Now, the way that this plan or proposal seems to be structured, there could be a way to sidestep having to get regulatory approval, uh, but they really just have not come out with enough details to make that clear. So this is a story that I'm going to be following up on right now. So look for more coverage. This story, um, Steve and I did it in our, uh, wrote this up in our uh, latest issue of Clearing Up. And uh, if you're interested, you can check that out and then look for more coverage to come.
0: Yeah, and at least it's not complicated. I mean, wow. And what do we have? A quote from Ann Hedges from Montana Environmental Information Center. Puget just threw the other owners under the bus. This creates a 55% ownership block between Northwestern and t- talon who wants to run the plant forever what happens to the minority ownership she says if right. i were a vista portland general and pacific core i'd be freaking out they won't have no they will now have no say over budgets
1: well it's either that or they are trying to work their own deals with to sell right. their share
0: yeah uh, i'd say a good chance of litigation here at some point
1: yeah and they're already the ownership Group is already embroiled in two federal mm-hmm. lawsuits around mm-hmm. these the budgeting issues that Ann Hedges uh, that you know she was referring to in, in the quote that you read. So you know right. what's a third or fourth <laughs> lawsuit? Yeah, yeah. More, among more friends.
0: More money for the attorneys.
1: Yeah. Well, good coverage there. Thank you. Yeah, always exciting. Uh, yep. Well, I think uh, that's about it from us. Uh, Thanks for for, uh, tuning in for another week, dear listeners. Um, Yeah, as always, please rate and review this podcast on whichever platform you listen. And uh, if you like it, please share it with a friend. Uh, We are edited and produced by our colleagues at Pioneer Utility Resources and Lucky Sound Studio. Uh, You can find me on Twitter. I'm at TheCatchPole. And Jason, you're on Twitter at Fordney Energy.
0: Yep, at Fordney Energy. Thanks for listening to News Data's Energy West. You can read more of our coverage at newsdata.com. Nobody covers energy in the West like we do. Follow us on Twitter. CEM is at C E M News Data. That's the letter C E M News Data. Clearing Up is at CU News Data. Again, that's the letter C U News Data. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week. You've been listening to News Data's Energy West, a podcast about the energy industry today and where it's going tomorrow.